The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast proudly brought to you by SJP World Media. I am Sai, and joining me as always is my partner in time, Mr. Bernie Mack. How are we, sir? I'm doing all right until we hit record and I decided to get hiccups all of a sudden. So, yeah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, it's the curse. It's the curse, currently. <laughs> we wait for ages for this damn episode and then we're finally here. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um we're only episode five in as well. We're only five episodes in to season three as well. It's um, mm. it, but it seems to have gone quick. But then, because I think we had a bit, well, not for people listening, but we had a, we sort of did a few, and then we had a sort of yes. stop, and then we we're like, oh crap, now let's go again. So um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you say about five episodes in to season three. This one here, that I mean, first of all, this is episode five of season three, entitled "The Boogeyman." That's right. I'm brave enough to say it, but we'll come to that in a moment. It's five leaps in season three four of them being in the 60s we're kind of pigeonholed yeah, into yeah. yeah i mean uh, yeah, the, the, I, the one the one that was out the one that was outside of the 60s was only 1970 so it was pretty damn close anyway we're kind of feeling a little bit pigeonholed into one particular decade at the moment aren't we is that because of the belisario maybe is that is he sort of dictated? I was he know. dictating? You know, um, to a degree. I'm not saying he he is the creator of the show, obviously. So, yeah, you're right though. I, so I was when the date came up in this one, I was like, we seem to be in the 60s quite a lot lately. Yes. Um, Nam was obviously was. I'm assuming that's what you're referring to, which was the 70s, wasn't it? So, but yeah, um, literally 1970. Yeah. We haven't gone too far, yeah, have we? Um, I'm trying to figure out whether. Because where's the next one? Uh, just out of curiosity, now that you've mentioned... That's the 60s there, as well. That's in the 60s as well, I think. yeah. Oh, 58, okay. <laughs> 1958. But it's, you know, splitting hairs now. I know it's a couple of years off, technically, the 60s, but still, we like you said, I don't know whether that's... Is that... A, I suppose it is, actually. I've never really thought about it, to be honest. It is 1965, 1963, 1970. Then we go back again. We don't. We never move forward too far, do we, I don't think, in terms of the, no. uh, uh, the timeline. No. That's kind of what I like about new Quantum Leap, I suppose, the, the, the relaunch of the show. We're getting leaps of hit, of, of Ben, his name is, isn't it, in the 80s. And yep. I think we had one in the early 90s already as well. So that's quite nice. Yeah, the one, uh, what have I watched lately? The um, I think Live Aid is going on in the current one I'm watching. Yeah, so that'd be 85, you've it. So yeah, so that's the year I was born. And the guy's name is Ben as well, which I freaking love, to be fair. Well, there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Um, Speaking of years, this is October 31st, 1964, that Sam leaps into. The third occasion Sam has leapt into, 1964, making this the first year to have three separate leaps, which is quite interesting. Um, I didn't know that. First broadcast in October of 1990. And this episode is was referred to under different names online and we did kind of tease about it or, or mention that we need to do a bit more research about it on last week's episode of the waiting room there seems to be this this kind of 
myth or I don't know how to word it. There's this weird feeling around the episode that we're looking at today, sometimes referred to as the Halloween episode of Quantum Leap, sometimes referred to as the Boogeyman, just with certain letters asterisked out. Even if asterisked is a correct word, I'm not sure. But the, the general feeling is around the fandom of Quantum Leap in certain corners of the internet that if you uh, podcast about this episode or if you blog about it or write about it or however people create their content, yeah, if you refer to this by name, bad technical stuff happens because this episode is apparently cursed, jinxed, whatever. So I did what I said I was going to do last week, Benny. Did a bit more yeah. research into this. I was not aware of this, by the way, at all. Like, okay. It wasn't until you brought it up last week. I was like, there's there's like a Macbeth vibe to it, is there? What's going yeah, on? Like, yeah, 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 pretty yeah, much. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't know, I was not aware. Um, there's stories online about um, people, f- fans of the show back in the 80s, 90s, whatever, they would want to watch the episodes, but they weren't in, so they'd record it. And this was the only episode that their video player glitched on which okay <laughs> it's coincidental i guess but you know it's a bit of fun um you say, that, also mate, a, you say that sorry but your voice went like you you went robotic briefly I don't did i really oh no, like, we might be tempting fate here man i might be i'm <laughs> gonna stop calling it I'm gonna... it could be good for an episode of paranormal junkie that i do so you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna start calling it the halloween episode just be on the safe side shall i um <laughs> The biggest thing I could find was that when this show was, I believe, uh, re-ran at some point, as opposed to the first airing of it. I could be wrong. It could have been the first airing. But again, these are all stories online and so on. Yeah. Um, various Quantum Leap fan websites. Um, Al's Place is a big one, of course. And there's a few other, I suppose, forums, they call them, don't they? Almost like you know the, the, these sort of chat yeah, yeah. locations where fans can discuss different, different stuff. Yeah that apparently a TV station got struck by lightning when they tried to broadcast this episode. Now, I've read this story from a couple of different people in a couple of different places online, but was unable to find any information that backs this up myself. So it's almost like a a bit of a hearsay, a bit of a legend, a a, a bit of a tale, maybe. There's also stories about when they were filming this. Again, you're reading comments by people online, they, they had technical issues and the house they used was a haunted house from previous, uh, you know, ghostly goings on from way back when, again, when you actually try and boil it down and look into the facts, I struggled to find genuine, real factual you know, basis for this, the, these, these myths and so on to, to come from. It's just a lot of people saying we tried to record our podcast about this and the internet crashed or it kicked us out the program or whatever. And I suppose you get enough people saying a similar thing. It creates that kind of vibe, doesn't it? Ben? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking online as I think you've already said it anyway, to be fair, but VCRs and DVDs are supposed to die or glitch when you try to play it. And then you just mentioned it. TV stations are struck by lightning. The words cursed have often been used in relation to this episode is pretty much what you just said. The thing is though, man, I used to watch this on DVD years ago and i my first viewing of this was on channel two i remember it that clearly um back in the day so i've never had 
not knowing about it, I guess. Now, if it had glitched, maybe maybe if it skipped over something, I would have gone, oh, it's the curse. But I didn't. I knew nothing about this until you just literally mentioned the other week about yeah. it. So, um, okay. For- I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, debunk what, what people are saying by any stretch of the imagination. All we're saying no. is we have we have personally not had any issues. No, no, no. <laughs> we have enough glitches uh, on and- this network as it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, don't we just. And, and when you get certain certain tales that you know add to this this story this this aura around this episode aura is probably the wrong word but you know what i'm getting at it's when you actually look into it it's difficult to find anything that the anything factual that these were based upon so again i'm not debunking what people are saying um, i'm not trying to you know say that they're wrong or anything like that but me personally, I've not been able to find anything that backs up the idea that this episode is jinxed or cursed or, or whatever. I, I, I've not witnessed. Again, like I said, I never even knew this was a thing until you brought it up, to be honest. I mean, I can see why, but like, I've never, you know, not once have I, um, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, unless something did happen, I just blew it off as like, oh, it's just, it's messed up. I have no idea. It's quite interesting though, isn't it? To be fair, I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, but I could find nothing on the basis of, hmm. of a TV station in 90 or 92 or whenever the reruns were as well of being yeah. hit by lightning. I could find nothing, no information at all. So. Yeah, well, they um, that film, The Blair Witch, back in the day, you know, people said if you watched it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the way they did that back then was quite uh, clever because it hadn't really been done before. But yeah, I, saw, I don't know. Mate, um, I, my superstition is every time I go and watch an England game in the pub, they always lose. So, but then England lose enough without me being there. So, you know, I could. <laughs> I, so, do you know what I mean? So, you could yeah. make a case for it that every time I've gone, they've lost, which isn't true because that's. I'm probably going to say they've probably lost about eighty percent of the time when I've actually gone to watch it at the pub, and yet other games they win. Um, so, so basically, yeah. whenever we get knocked out of a tournament, it's it's your Very fucking fault, fault yeah. and you yeah. need you need to stay the fuck at home, don't you? <laughs> stayed away completely last time, and they still fucking lost. All right, so oh, there we go. Is it home? No, it's not come home, has it? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Sam leaps into the body of horror writer, but not a particularly massively successful horror writer than by the name of Joshua Ray. It is Halloween 1964, as I mentioned, and we see Sam initially sat in quite a uh, gothic setting, a big velvet jacket he's wearing and uh, skulls up on the side and books and can You can imagine the sort of vibe, and if you've seen the episode, you know exactly what I'm going for. He gets up muttering about 1879 because that was the cliffhanger we had last week. We were led yeah. to believe Sam in the, in the, into 1879, which was not the case. In the book Sam, that he's got in his hand, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Sam Great goes for Great cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. You know, definitely. Because you like, because we've been told that he can only leap within his own lifetime. So he would not be around in 18 something, whatever it was. So Exactly. Uh, Sam, Sam goes for a little bit of a wander and has some scary faced people jump out startle him scare him make him jump he falls down the stairs knocks himself out and that is the intro to the show um benny when was the last time you saw this episode prior to re-watching it for the recording today i was trying to think actually because again like as, <clears throat> as we started this apart because normally i think by now i if we weren't doing the podcast I probably would have put it on by now and started rewatching okay. it, especially with the release of the new 
new Quantum Leap, which I've only watched about half a season. Um, so it's got to be at least, I'm going to say at least four years, maybe a maybe five. No, it's four. It's about four years, mate, since I've last watched any of these back until we in until we started actually doing the show. Is that what I'm getting at? So about four years, I'd say. Okay, interesting. <laughs> you? Um, well, I, like I said on uh, our last recording, I caught part of it when I was flicking through the TV channel, sort of mid-afternoon one day. Um, All right. But it, 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 a big chunk of the early part of the program, I've not seen for a very long time until I rewatched it uh, early this morning for, for our recording this afternoon. Um, th- th- there's a lady and a, a young kid who is startled, Sam here, and, and they are waking him when we come back from the intro package and they're shouting, Josh, 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 trying to, trying to wake him up. Uh, we find that the lady is um, Joshua's fiance by the name of mary and the young lad with them is somebody who helps around the house and they're, they're setting up for a big halloween spook house party and he's the, he's yeah. very excited and his name is stevie and he's helping them make all the the ghostly goings on the ghouls the cobwebs the, mm-hmm. and all sorts of that sort of stuff um i'm jealous of how much a bigger deal halloween is in the united states to I where we're about are. to say the same thing mate to be fair because mm-hmm. Yeah, we love Halloween in our house over here. Um, you obviously you know my interest in the other stuff anyway, so it kind of comes hand in hand, I guess, to a degree. Uh, but yeah, I, I yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I can't really add to it to be honest. So we carve yeah. pumpkin, pumpkins every year. That's not right. Pumpkins every year. Um, pumpkins is completely something else, and I don't know some somebody's pet name by the sounds of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm jealous as well. And the the atmosphere, the stuff they got in that house. I'm just I actually found myself looking. Again, knowing the story fairly well, I've noticed a lot more things. I I was trying to think back when I first watched it, and now like how I didn't pick up on these things in terms of the story. Mm-hmm. But back to the Halloween stuff, the stuff in the background, the cobwebs, the candles, the ornaments and stuff they got look really cool. To be fair, as you'd expect yeah. for a for a Halloween house, an Emmy award apparently as well. Did you know this? One of the Emmy Awards, the TV awards that the show had previously won for a, an older episode, is in the writer Joshua's study. Uh, he has writing awards and so on. And oh, bits no, I didn't know it. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, one of them is an Emmy that they have won for a previous episode. So that is quite cool. There, something to look out for if we rewatch it in the future. Um, Sam wakes up, tells everyone he's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then we get a bit of dialogue between the, the the three, I suppose, main characters here: Sam himself, Mary, and Stevie. And we we get treated, and I say treated very very loosely, to Mary's accent, which is quite odd. Apparently, she was from a certain part of the United States and had to put on a kind of New England accent to fit in for where they were. And it seems that accents aren't her strong point, Benny, because she kind of fades in and out of a bad English accent to a bad Australian accent uh, and goes all over the place with, with what she's trying to say. Um, and it kind of reminds me of, do you remember the old um, uh, episode of Friends where Stifler's mum from American Pie was in 
the, the actress was the actress who played Stifler's mum from the American Pie movies is in Friends, <laughs> yes. and she's got a silly oh. voice, and she, she turns to she's... Monica and Phoebe, and she's like, "I'm so sorry if I caught you on your mobile." And that's how this woman sounds, you know. <laughs> I love I I love the fact they put a uh, like call her out on it as well. Like she's got such a phony British accent. I'm yes. a complete arse, and she's like going into like Scottish or Irish or <laughs> whatever. It is. Uh, she's absolutely hilarious. The um, actress you're talking about, Valerie McAfee, I think that's how you say the surname. Um, every time I see her, I'm like quantum leap, quantum leap. Every single time, this is uh, okay. um, she um, is uh, plays Mary. Um, but every time I see her, I'm like, oh, it's her from Quantum Leap, that episode of Quantum Leap. But she, uh, a lot of fans may know her from, quite possibly, Young Sheldon. She's a teacher in Young Sheldon. Um, I hate that program. More, How dare you? Episode over. We're done. How dare <laughs> you? How I hate Big you? Bang as well, though. I don't like Big Bang. You can fuck off, mate. Um, Who the fuck? Who are you? I don't know you. This is fucking <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, Big, she's Bang has, been... fair, Big, Big Bang has grown on me over the years because yeah. my wife has it on a lot. So it's kind of, you, you get familiar with the characters and so on. And yeah. the last who plays Penny, I'm a big fan of hers. Not necessarily I'm for her acting Penny, ability. Penny, yeah. There's but, two, um, I'm sure there's two reasons, maybe three, that you're a fan of hers. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I just, I just, I just don't think it's that funny. And the kid who plays Young Sheldon in Young Sheldon, honestly, if he was my lad, I'd have levered the crap out of him by now. The smug little prick. <laughs> the thing is, he doesn't know he's being smug. That's the. That's the. He's just. That's him. He's oh, I would of, make him aware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make him aware. I wouldn't stop him doing it, mate, to be fair. Uh, I also know her from uh, Frasier as well. She's in an episode of that. She did okay. CSI. Uh, it's an episode of CSI. Um, I thought she did a one on Law and Order, so I wanted the sound effects to be played, but we haven't got it. Uh, I'm pretty she, sure she she was in Law and Order at some point, if you keep looking. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm looking through Cheer- I know one of them was, one of the actresses was. She was in an okay. episode of Cheers as well. Yeah, doctors and stuff like that. So, uh, but mo- most people, I think, of nowadays would know her from quite possibly uh, Young Sheldon. Um, one of the other characters who I wanted to bring up is uh, Fran Ryan, and she plays Dorothy Yeager. She's the lady that comes over, which we'll meet a bit later. Yes, um, the busybody. Yes, she was in Law and Order for an episode. Oh. So there we go. Yep, <laughs> um, and. She also did an episode, two episodes of Chips, which I've never watched. But the reason I bring it up is because the guy who plays the sheriff was also in Chips as well. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I just thought I mentioned it. Um, so yeah, there's certain people. Those are the only two. Now, for a moment, I thought I recognised. Um, again, we haven't met him quite yet. Um, I've forgotten his name. It's Tully, the guy who we're going to meet in a few seconds, probably. Uh, and they do that thing, which we'll talk about. But I thought I recognize his voice, and I'll tell you why in a moment when we get there. But yeah, I I always try and like find Law and Order people. I was going to ask if we could maybe do anybody that's done Cheers. Can we have like a Sometimes You Wanna Go? And then that'll be it. <laughs> Don't make more editing for me for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, Law and Order's fine. I love, I love it. I love the Law and Order thing. Just became a thing in the first series and second because there was a lot of actors and actresses yeah. that were in Law and Order, so it just became a thing, didn't it? Really. So yeah, yeah the weird thing the is end. with Law and Order. It's sort of gone a bit of a you know. I know we're we're, we're slightly pressed for time today, <laughs> but a little weird thing for me with Law and Order. Is you had the main Law and Order TV program, literally just called Law and Order, and it ran for 
years and years and years, hundreds and hundreds of episodes, yeah. interchanging characters, or reinvented and so on. It spawned a few spin-offs like Law and Order, yes. Criminal Intent, Law and Order, whatever. And then SVU was one of these spin-offs. SVU now is still going. All the others have stopped. Even the main Law and Order has stopped. SVU is still banging out season after season. It's not like this 24th wow. or 25th season. It's been running for like 30 years or something daft like that. It's, it, as far as spin-offs go, that's pretty bloody successful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the only show I can think of that's lasted somewhere near it, and it's not going to be that in terms of is Simpsons is still going, isn't it? It's in like season fucking probably 90 now. I don't know. What it's 90, fucking, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It's, I think it's in like season 20, 30, something like that. I don't even know anymore. I've stopped watching it years ago, but it's just like, how are you still going? <laughs> but mm. they did it, didn't they? So yeah. Yeah. There we go. I always um, try and find somebody from Law and Order. It was basically just of that. Uh, there we go. Uh, Sam is told by Mary to go upstairs and speak to Tully who is cleaning the window, trying to, trying to fix the windows, isn't he? He's, he's fixing the window frames and so on. Yeah. It's quite it's quite windy all the way through this episode anyway. It's it's the fall, so you imagine the weather hasn't been great. Yeah. Uh, he's he's quite a grumpy old git, this Tully. He's warning um, Joshua away from all devilish kind of escapades and evil and so on. Before you move on to what you're going to say, just so it, okay. it's going to get obviously darker and as, as we go through... I remember, and I still thought it today. I, I remember watching this the first time because Tully says, "You something you better must like leave alone, or whatever the line is." Did you think the cat was saying it? <laughs> I think initially, I genuinely think initially it was filmed that way to make you feel that way. Yeah, and again, I remembered my first time watching it, and I remember yes. that the reason I th- mentioned him earlier was because I thought his voice there was very s- similar. I only saw one or two of these. I didn't really like it. it But you see clips on TikTok and stuff nowadays, but of Sabrina, the teenage witch, and they have the talking black cat. Right. Okay. Yeah. For a moment, I thought Tully was the guy that did the voice for the cat in Sabrina, but it isn't. What a a lovely link that would have been because he mentioned Salem and everything, which I thought would have been amazing little like link. But yeah, um, today I'm watching it and he goes, you best leave it alone. And I'm like, cat and i remember thinking to myself i laughed to myself when i first watched this i was probably about 10 maybe maybe eight or nine i'm not somewhere between eight and ten uh maybe even a tad younger but i remember thinking did the cat just say that because you're already in a spooky <laughs> setting anyway but i remember thinking that today then i remember thinking you know so it took me back to that in a little bit a little bit more i mean I, I thought it was the cat and my mind straight away went to sabrina the teenage witch as well oh okay that, that's, that's quite a, quite a big show growing up from i mean it's when sabrina was like i was very i was still quite young it was aired on a saturday morning yeah, i believe yeah i yeah, think yeah. i mean I, I we'd have to check this out but i'm fairly certain the cat's name in sabrina is salem it is yeah that's what i meant by the by him saying stuff about what alice right. also faced in olivia and then the salem witch trials okay, and yeah. I, I thought how cool would that have been if it had been linked in with that but then this was what 1990 so it mm. wouldn't have started yet, but wouldn't it have been fucking hilarious that yeah, yeah. he was it the guy? Who, yeah. It would just yeah. be cool. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Tully starts, you know, proper. I suppose it's quite a stereotype: older gentleman, grumpy. Oh, you want to leave all that witchcraft alone, boy, and all that sort of stuff. And he's talking about um, 
the witch trials and apparently one of the witches from the salem witch trials in the 1600s ran away and moved to this area uh, that's what he wants um, to talk about as well do you notice that because it, yeah. it sounds like he's doing a great job with the windows blah 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 carries on going with the same yeah. like this. Tony's like fuck the windows what about the witches you know he's yeah. like he's <laughs> of the witches <laughs> exactly <laughs> and um i mean first of all I don't think anyone in the Salem witch trials in the 1600s ran away to where this is based. And secondly, they mentioned somebody got burnt at the stake. I'm fairly certain they were all hung rather than burnt at the stake in the original trials I, in 1600. I'm not sure about, I know it's said, isn't it? I don't I, without looking, mm. I don't know. But I think some may have been, but again, it's all okay. Um, but anyway, he's rabbiting on about all this sort of nonsense. Sam's like, talking yeah. to out the window and uh, <laughs> Sam sees a goat. And <laughs> this goat is a reoccurring character. Um, that probably deserves an award for his acting range. I think he does very well in this episode, the goat. Especially in the and, final scene. Oh, yes. Yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. And um, the goat effectively pulls on a rag, which is at the bottom of Tully's ladder, sending yeah. Tully plummeting to his death. Now, something that's going to pop up a little bit, I think, here as, as we talk about this episode and go for our, go for our uh, sort of rundown of this this particular episode of Quantum Leap. Mm. I'm probably going to speak a lot about what I remember from the first time I watched this to what Same. I think now, watching it back, realizing certain things. Something I've never seen before in watching this episode in the past is how Tully's body landed. And I'm assuming this is not intentional because it would have got bought up in another way. But with his legs and arms bent the way they were, and they're looking down at him from an aerial position, he looks like a swastika. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I just thought he meant the way mm. he was sort of buckled, but no, I didn't pick up on yeah, that at all. Yeah, go back and have a look but, at it. Look, and, yeah, yeah. and watching it back today, I was like, ooh, I wonder if that's going to come back up. Spoiler alert, it fucking doesn't. But at the yeah. time, <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Just you, Monfura. Um, yeah, I exactly. Just, <laughs> I know, I didn't notice that. I, but going back to when I was younger watching, I, so I must have been seven or eight, like I said, but even though at this point, I mean, I, uh, see, now, at this point of me watching Quantum Leap at this age, uh, when I first saw this, I hadn't seen all the episodes. I'd only seen sporadic ones. Okay. And I don't think at this point, me personally... I think maybe someone gets beat up or somebody gets punched or they, the bad guy gets his comeuppance by they find out that he's an asshole or whatever. For me, watching this, not today, the very first time, I think this is one of the first times I saw an episode of Quantum where someone died, like quick, like the way uh, they did it as well. So yeah. watching it the very first time, I was really shocked because what I'd seen to that point were like sort of fluffy endings and sort of like happy endings and yeah you might get a bit of a fist of cuffs and there might be threat of a gun which i think was like i remember seeing that and play it again see more of them diving around and shooting each other mm. but nobody dies as such i don't think anybody dies in that episode either but what no, i'm getting at is i i remember seeing i don't remember seeing anybody dying in quantum leap until this episode so it was because it was a halloween episode as well um it was really shocking to me when I was younger, because somebody died in what was considered what I considered at that point fairly. Yes, it had adult themes in it to a degree, but it was subtle, and I wouldn't necessarily picked up on it. But someone to die in an episode very quickly as well, with like almost out of nowhere type thing, was shocking to me at the time. So, but yeah, in terms of the way he fell, I, I think I, I didn't think about that. I think when you look at when these this program would have been airing in the UK, it was like 
six, seven o'clock. And it, it was almost like a, a family show is maybe the wrong word, but it was that kind of vibe, that kind of time frame to it. And uh, in yeah, the a, bit States, like, a, bit like, a bit like Doctor Who is now, I would say to a degree. Yeah, it's kind yeah of there you a, go. Yeah. It's kind of for everybody type thing, but it does have certain suspense in it or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Um, the in the states we, we said on an episode or two ago they just switched to an eight o'clock airtime when this was first broadcast so again it's kind of you know peak tv family around the family around the old tv set and so on kids aren't quite in bed yet so this episode i think from that aspect first viewing at the times it initially aired it is a bit scary it is a bit creepy it is a bit dark and again looking on the the forums and the websites and the chat rooms and so on trying to find out more about this supposed curse earlier on there's a lot of people saying when they first watched this it was genuinely scary to them yeah i'm with you i'm with them on that my first my very first viewing of this show was creep i wouldn't know whether i was i suppose i was scared to a degree but not like Oh my god, horror scared, like mm-hmm. creeped out by certain things. And and again, obviously as the episode goes on, we'll get into it. But like like today, watching it back, knowing the ending and being f- I mean, I didn't I don't didn't remember every snippet of bloody dialogue, and even now I don't, but I remember how the story ends, type thing. So yeah, looking at it with today's eyes, I did pick up on the fact that Sam was upstairs, Wasserface was downstairs. But yet Sam got to Tully before she did. Now she may have not heard him fall, but she was out. I thought she was. I got the impression of where she was stood in the banging. She was at the ground level mm. where he would have landed. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get you. That is that is a bit strange. And the thing is with this episode as well, there's a lot of finger pointing all the way round, isn't there? Because I mean, we got a few more deaths yeah. coming up, and there's a lot of finger pointing around as to who is the culprit and so on. And one of the people who we are led to suspect, but also does a lot of finger pointing is the sheriff. And he arrives here, Benny, doesn't he? And he is, shall we say a a kind of very stereotypical county sheriff from a certain area in America, just not done very well. And he's got this match in his mouth, like some kind of rip off razor Ramon. And I just look at him. I think, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you're trying too hard, mate. You're just trying too hard. And the sheriff is basically taking down statements. And I love this line. Sam says there was a goat there and explains what happens and says there was a goat. The sheriff goes, can you describe this? And Sam just goes, it looked like a goat. It's like, what do you want to hear? What what do you want to hear? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It pulled up in a car. (laughs) (laughs) It was a drive-by goating. I like the fact they use one with the horns as well because you like subconsciously. So it's got that the devil's horns is. I'm sorry, that's yeah. the best way I can. You know, it you link into well, yeah, it the straight goat, away. The goat is an animal that has these kind of links with pagan rituals, and there is that yes, yeah, old fashioned edge to to it, isn't there? Um, Al arrives at this point and starts talking about how Mary is going to die. Sam's quite cross that Al hasn't arrived to help him stop Tully dying, but they Al says that nobody was aware this was going to happen. Sam is there to stop Mary dying. Mary is going to get strangled to death that same day, that night, in the spook house. Uh, 
this comes after a conversation where Sam actually says about cancelling the spook house, the Halloween party, and everyone looks at him like he's crazy and says, oh, no, why would we do that? And I'm thinking, because a guy has just died in your house. Do you really want to be throwing a party? Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily pick it up from uh, Mary, but definitely from the sheriff, because he was like, there's something to think about, but the truth, well, whatever, I can't remember exactly what he said, but the truth is some people die and some people live. I'm like, you, f- what the, f- what? Yeah, really coming, from the- yeah. coming from the sheriff, I'm like, what the, f-? so instantly um, you're kind of like a bit weird. Um, then nothing's really mentioned of other than between, you know, Mary's like between the, the, that, the maybe and getting ready for the house and I'll tell you dying. Can we go inside? Cause he wants to take her statement as well. Mm. Like, which she's got to do, obviously, but she obviously she was, you know, she was downstairs when all this happened. But like, yeah, I'm still trying to get around my head around how Sam got to Tully first, and Mary was already downstairs, and unless the way the house, was, I don't know. But my my, the way I took it was that because she she looks up earlier on, going Tully, could you bang a bit louder, please? And she's like, can you go and tell him to hurry up? Yes. Or you supposed to be done by midday or whatever. Um, he's like, okay, Sam goes, oh, okay. And the way Sam walks up from the kitchen, which is at the back, back in front towards us, up the stairs, logically speaking, Tully is above the kitchen, but working in the study window. So above where Mary is carving pumpkins. So uh-huh. I didn't pick up until, until today that Sam got there before Mary did, which wouldn't, unless she's so busy carving, she didn't hear, hear a third. I don't know. Or like, maybe it was just an oversight by the production team and it was just what the script might have needed at the time i don't know but it, it, it i, I yeah, get where you're yeah. coming from it's like she would have heard the noise she would have seen sam running past and her reaction was relatively slow but maybe it was something intentionally put into the show to make you suspect her even more because there's a lot of suspicion possibly, around mary yeah. even though she is we, we are getting told that mary is going to die there's a lot of suspicion around mary that she has caused the death of others isn't there yeah, well, as the episode goes on, other things happen. So, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Again, maybe you could have just given Sam was slightly half a step behind Mary. Or maybe with the way it was cut, maybe he was behind her, but ran in front of the way they edited it. It looked like he's appeared from those trees into the backyard before Mary. I don't know. Just something I picked up on today, really. Mm. Okay. So. Um, Mary also senses Al's presence. Oh, the, uh, the sheriff as well, we didn't mention. He kind of, yeah. when Al first appears, or not first appears, but when Al is stood there while he's talking to Joshua, a.k.a. Sam, um, he kind of lifts his head and sort of like, they play the music in the background and he's a bit like, uh, and then Mary, I think, overhears Sam talking to Al and kind of comes to the top of stairs looking a bit like, who are you talking to? Then she comes downstairs to answer the phone that's ringing. Um but then she stops, like not not even like a little bit, like proper, like stop, like almost like she can sense Al, I guess. Um, someone's then, there, yeah. Someone's there, and then walks away. So we have two characters doing it. Uh, Mary's is more abrupt, though, like she because she's about what five steps from the from the mm. from the ground floor, and she stops dead, and kind of no pun intended. And then Carol's on going. So like she almost feels like that feeling you get when you know something you kind of you look to your right or your left because you think someone's looking at you, you know? Um oh, it's very and, good. And Al Al reacts to that as well, doesn't he? He kind of has a little look. But yes, yeah. then kind of almost nothing's it and carries on. Um <clears throat> Tully's death now 
has been written out and appeared on the typewriter, which Joshua is using to complete his latest novel. So that adds another little bit of spooky goings on to this show. And then the local gossip arrives. Who was her, was her name? Dorothy, wasn't it? Yes, Dorothy. Yes. Yeah, Dorothy Yeager. Yes. She arrives to drop off some candlesticks and uh, is t- is talking about Tully's passing away. She nips off to the kitchen. We hear a great almighty scream. And she's like Brian Brednall because there's a black mamba snake in the kitchen that has been let out of its tank and has killed, killed Dorothy. And next to the body is a broken match. So straight away you're thinking, okay, this is now pointing towards the sheriff. So is the sheriff yeah. to blame for these deaths as well as Mary dying later on? And, and again, Sam is really cross because there's he's had no heads up from Al or Ziggy or anything that this lady is going to die. Because there would, of course, be records of this, a death certificate, you know, funeral, yes. press reportings, whatever. Course, yeah, but yeah. He's, the first one, you can almost go, okay, he's leapt in. They might have just missed it. They might not have the records for that, uh, whatever. But then yeah, the yeah. second one, he's been there a while now there's no way they wouldn't have those records of this lady dying so again that was that's that's an odd scenario for quantum leap isn't it yeah um yeah it's it's like like tully maybe i didn't get there in time but even but even him he didn't even say no oh sorry i didn't get here in time to tell you he just said no we have no record of it and same with uh this lady now The, the conversation on the stairs quickly before uh mary walked between them like Sam's very angry at Al. Like, why? Why have we not got this? Why have we not got that? Why didn't you tell me what the hell is going on? Is yes. something weird going on? Al just randomly then goes, sort of doesn't answer Sam. Then just starts talking about the black. Is it the Mumba snake on the stairs, which is yeah. what the lady gets yeah. killed by? And I just saw it watching it today. I was like, you just ignored what Sam just said and just start talking about a snake. Um, now, very quickly, I know we're precious time. Chris uh, Rupenthal, who plays Joshua, who Sam's leapt into. Normally, we see the actor and we see them in a mirror maybe once or twice and we, we look them up and nine times out of ten, and the ones we've looked at, have rarely done much else. There are actually quite a lot of actors that have just been the person Sam's leapt into and yes, not actually yes. appeared in anything else. Chris Rupenthal, who's Joshua, I'm just reading now quickly, Lois and Clark, New Adventure Superman. Me and you obviously both watched that. We were fans of when we were younger. He was a supervising producer on that show. But even okay. weirder, and now I've never watched this, but I understand it's quite a a, a sort of sci-fi-esque type show. The Outer Limits, I understand it is. I, I've not, never watched it. But he was a co-executive producer, co-producer and supervising producer on that show for <laughs> eight episodes. So in terms of actually, and he's actually a producer and co-producer on Quantum Leap as well. So, Didn't he write this episode? I do you know what? I didn't even look to see whether he did. To be fair, I think right. he may yes, be the he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. Belisario and Rupenthal. So the guy who Sam is leapt into. <laughs> I didn't know that. Who, I didn't who is a writer that, on the show? Who is a writer, is the who writer, is a writer of, the of the show? <laughs> there we go. That explains it. So actually, he's a writer and producer for other TV shows. So hmm. it's um, nice to see somebody doing something else other than just being like the ball player in like season one who just did that. <laughs> Yeah, there's others as well, but there's there isn't many. So, um, um, it's again decided that the Spook House will not be cancelled. Uh, 
Sam and Mary. Yeah, yes, no, you still don't want to cancel it. Like, what the hell's going Sam on? Sam and Mary nip off uh, 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 to get some more supplies. They come back from the store in a lovely looking vintage 1950s red vehicle. Al arrives again. And this, again, this is the first time I've noticed this. And maybe I'm looking too much into it. But I looked at Al later in the episode and this was gone. So it might be an accident. It might be intentional. I don't know. But mm. Al arrived and he's got two little tufts of hair almost pricked up just on the sides of his head. That look like there's, a reason, there's a reason for that. Yeah, but I'm thinking, am I making that up? Am I seeing something that's there I, but isn't a big deal? Because I've never noticed it before. I, If you've picked up on it, well done, because I didn't. I di- I've never noticed that before. It's the tiniest little you know, thing. But then, obviously, the way the episode goes, anybody that's watched mm. it, um, you definitely. I'm gonna have to try and find some pictures and see if I can confirm that because I didn't notice that today, and I've seen this episode many times. So it's um, it's it, maybe it's maybe I'm looking too hard for clues, knowing the ending already. They might so have on. done it. They might have done it for but, a reason. You could be completely right here. To be fair, but when we get, I mean, effectively, we'll run quickly through what happens next. Um, Al arrives, and he's got these little tufts in his hair that look like horns. Dorothy's death is now on the typewriter. Mary overhears Alan Sam effectively digging her out and, and arguing about whether she's a psycho or not. Um, we'll come back to the stuff with regards to the fit and her going off to hospital in a moment. But when Al returns in the next occasion, we see him. I looked out for this and his hair was perfectly flatly combed. So maybe yeah. I'm, I, I don't know. It's, I'm, I, I can see uh, online right now um i'll send you the picture and maybe you can uh, put it with the post as you put the podcast out but okay y- you are right his hair is almost now whether this has been done on purpose i have no idea but if they've done it on purpose and we've not I- i've never noticed it before you've pointed this out to me that is very clever if they have done what i think they've done there and obviously to which we'll get to, obviously, and anybody that's watched the show and seen this episode knows where we're going with this, but mm-hmm. 100%, mate, I think you might be right on that. I'm going to have to I'll find the picture. Again, it might just be pure coincidence. It might He might have it walked through well film that. Yeah, he might have had, a, had an itch or something just before. I, I don't know, but it is what it is. Uh, yes, anyway, Mary overhears Al and Sam digging her out about a lot of stuff, gets quite aggressive and uh, confrontational. And then a skull starts to vibrate on the side and flies across the ring. And it's psychokinesis, Sam says. It's the power of moving things with the mind, um, despite the fact that Sam is what you might call a, a unbeliever with regards to the supernatural and so on. He'll always try. I mean, he's a scientist at the end of the day. He'll always, I always get the impression yes. with Sam. He'll always try and look for a reasonable explanation before jumping to maybe the slightly more supernatural possibility. Um, this leads to Mary having an epileptic fit. And I mean, something here is really important that I I need to point out as well, by the way, if (laughs) times change all the time with regards to the correct process for this, the correct process for that, um, you know, we went for a spell a few years ago of every food going was going to cause you cancer in the newspapers and then the following week tomatoes were okay again times change of course yeah here when the uh actress mary has her epileptic fit in in the role 
Sam pins her down, gets out his belt, and clamps his belt in her mouth as she's having this fit. Yes, yeah. Now, I want to make sure that people are fully aware that if you watch this episode, in the in the 1980s, it was felt that pinning people down if they were having a fit was the right way to go. Yes, yeah. Now, now it has been you know decided developed uh, you know uh, sort of medical science moving on and so on is the last thing you should do so if you're ever around someone who looks like they're having a fit and so on for fuck's sake don't put your belt in their mouth even though sam yeah, beckett yeah, did it yeah yeah don't no. in 1990 when this was made well this aired in 1990 in, in 89 when it was filmed it was normal medical practice I mean, my, my mother-in-law has been a nurse for 35 years 40 whatever it may well be i actually asked her about this before we sat down to record oh, and, she said, and she said yeah in the 80s it was nhs protocol in this country and obviously in the states the same <clears throat> that's what you did but for god's sake don't do that now it's not a good idea but anyway there we go Can you put something Sam, under their head though like a cushion or something to try and protect their head um, I, I, I would imagine so because Other you don't want that, them to bang and knock yeah you need move. kind of yeah Move, Almost move anything way that could hurt them, yeah, I guess. And I mean, let, let it play most, out. I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah, effectively, effectively. Mate, it's scary. Like, yeah, different story, but like, yeah, it's, it is scary when it happens. Um, Mary goes off to the hospital after this, and Al returns with his hair looking decidedly flatter now, for want of a better phrase. And they have a conversation linking the psychokinesis and the epilepsy, saying that the epilepsy is parts of the brain almost shorting out cross wires whatever causes it and that means that other parts of the brain become alive and this can cause the psychokinesis and power to move things with your mind i'm thinking that's a little bit of a stretch for the sake of the plot i don't know if that's linked whether people i I mean i've got family members and old friends who i don't speak to anymore to be fair but I've been around people in the past who have had epilepsy. None of them have been able to chuck a skull across the fucking room with the power of their mind. Yeah, that way. It, I mean, it is logic, isn't it? It's just an electrical sort of thing going on. So that he's, tra- he's trying to, as a scientist, just this could be the reason why. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Al basically says that we need to go and investigate Mary's house to find clues. Is she a victim or is she the culprit or is she going to end up being both, which is a reasonable question, I think. So they head off to Mary's house, um, which is a, a little bit on the nose here, but it's kind of tongue in cheek. and I, I still quite enjoyed it. Her address is nine, nine, sorry, nine, six, six Salem yeah, Avenue, yeah. because of course it is. Yeah, and the wind good. then blows the nine to a six. So, so on the, her address effectively becomes six, six, six Salem Avenue. I mean, how much more on the nose for witchcraft and devil, uh, you know, <laughs> and going on can it be, Benny? Do you know what I mean? My socks keep going. I always have odd socks all the time, but I live in uh, Bermuda Triangle Road, so that might be why. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't really live there, obviously, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's added, but it's a good, again, knowing what I do know about the episode now, at the time I didn't, loads of things make sense now than knowing how it pans out but watching it the yeah. first time i'm still none the wiser of what the hell is going on even by this point when it's very now whether the hair was done on purpose i have no idea i've never noticed that before so now i watch it again i'm gonna always notice that now um mm. when uh sam they opens the door al walks in 
as Sam kind of turns to walk in, the number nine flips to a six, which is as a young person, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like somebody's going to kick off, like, you know, big time. So, uh, very windy. I never noticed that either, really. It's very windy all the time. Yeah, it's windy all the way through the episode. <laughs> yeah. You always hear the wind. But I think that's done for um, atmosphere as well because it creates that kind of yes, going course, on, yeah. even in the day. And this is also yeah. as well. I, I believe I read somewhere, but I didn't actually take a note of it. So I apologize if I'm getting this wrong. I think this is the first leap where Sam arrives, does what he needs to do and then departs again, all in the space of one day. I think every leap we've had up to this point has been, uh, there's been at least a night stay, but here Sam is, he arrives in the morning because they're talking about it being 12, 12, 15 yeah, and yeah. so on. Yeah. And, 12 hours later is when Mary is supposed to be strangled. Uh, uh, well, the baseball player in the first season when he's only there to hit the ball and run around the field, and then he's gone, isn't he? So, yeah, but that's not a proper episode, yeah. mate. Is it? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, you know, there is one where he's also, I don't know if we've had it yet, where he's a, uh, and we had that one where he's a firefighter in the tree and he falls out. We have, haven't we? And he falls out and catches um... the cat. And the woman's like, my hero. But I could be right. I might be ahead of myself there. Yeah, I mean, what, what I mean is the first, the first proper story that he's yes, there yeah, for yeah, a day. I'm just yanking a chain. Come on. That's how the show works. You melt. Um, <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you freaking bloody... No, Ben, you're wrong. Actually, is this... <laughs> I, I didn't even pick up on the fact that the guy who Sam leaped into was also the fucking writer, even though I, it was right in front of me. I've been looking at it for like the last freaking half hour. And I was like, oh yeah, it's the same guy. Okay, my bad. <laughs> so. uh, whilst Sam is effectively breaking and entering here, let's be honest, he's snooping around the house that wasn't locked either, which is a bit of an odd one. Uh, he's snooping around her front room. He finds a list of people who are apparently the board of deacons from the local church. And these people include Mary, obviously, Tully, Dorothy. So, so they're being bumped off, it seems. The people from the church are being bumped off. Um, yeah. And then the sheriff is in the house all of a sudden. And it's like, well, why are you snooping around our house as well? That's weird. Yeah, he's... Um, I can't remember. Does... The busybody, Mrs. Yeager, does she mention that the sheriff and Mary had a thing once? Yes. Thinking, yes. So you've also got that, like, um, that sort of, well, not from Sam, because Sam doesn't didn't know that, obviously, until the uh, conversation earlier on. But you also feel like he's also a bit annoyed that he's no longer with Mary. The sheriff is no longer with Mary as well. So this sheriff character is very, like, off towards Joshua. Mm. aka sam so <clears throat> excuse me yeah, yeah. People, the deacon thing i actually forgot mate to be fair i'll be watching this back i actually forgot that that was what he found in that in her house and then he's like oh i'm here to pick up some things for mary oh that's funny because she's in the hospital or whatever it was and then you know she's still unconscious so and sam's like no she asked me earlier <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> sweet. Good work, sheriff, Sam. Good work. Yeah, yeah. The sheriff is very, um, I don't know. He's always he's very uh, like off towards Joshua, mm. Sam. So, but Sam um, starts pushing buttons as well, mind. He's there saying, uh, you know, what's that tattoo on your arm that looks a bit, you know, uh, dodgy, dodgy yeah. 
scenario they're in. And he says, oh, it's a warlock. You caught me. I'm part of some sort, some sort of cult and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and, but then he was like, it was a tattoo I got when I was drunk and I was in the Navy. And, was, and that was that. But then Sam's also going, oh, you're always chewing on a match here, pal. We found a broken match by the body of Dorothy and the snake and all that. And he's like, yeah. you've got a gas. The sheriff's literally, so, this, yeah. this is brilliant. You've got a gas stove. You use matches to light your stove. And I was like, yeah course yeah he's in 1960 yeah you fucking you know he's got you really to be fair yeah and sam and even if that isn't true maybe if sam uh, joshua used the lighter sam's not going to know that so the, the the back and forth between them is actually quite good to be yeah, honest so exactly. they're both kind of now accusing each other um al is obviously very much accusing mary throughout of it's it's her it's her it's got you know who's writing the passages it must be here it must be her mm-hmm. so um, which we've seen before with other episodes. Al is, you know, Sam sees the good in somebody and is like, no, 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 it's not. I know it's not them. And Al's like, well, it has to be because of X, Y, and Z. And, you know. Yes. Um, Sam heads back to the hospital and has a little chat with Mary, talks about a six month honeymoon in the Bahamas. I mean, I'm sorry, but we're talking about a guy here who's not selling many books. This woman needs to calm down her expectations. She should be happy with a weekend <laughs> of Skegness, you know, not talking about six months in the Bahamas. But anyway, um, that is effectively just a part of the plot to enable Sam to be driving his, his lovely vintage red sports car back in the dark towards his house. And then lights come on behind him and he's being closely followed by this creepy looking truck that carries on for a little while. Then a cat jumps him in the car and that can happen. Uh, we've had, you know, cats can get in the car. You don't realize you start driving and they jump and that would be terrifying because they go mental. Yeah. Uh, then the lights turn off. So that is obviously the, 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 the van truck thing following is just circumstance. It is what it is. They're heading off on their own direction. Uh, Sam turns back to the road and there's the goat again, the star of this episode of Quantum Leap. Yeah. The, the goat is stood there in the middle of the road, causing Sam to swerve. We then see a scary looking pumpkin headed scarecrow, which turns out to be Stevie. Sam has to swerve to avoid Stevie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crashes yeah. the car. <laughs> there's a lot of things going on here. That, that scarecrow thing outside his house, by the way, I meant to mention that pumpkin thing looked really cool, by the way. Yes. Uh, um, so it was quite uh, creepy. Yeah crashes and then sam um cv comes mr uh is it mr ray joshua ray isn't it that's his yes name. that's right yeah yep. comes out and he's like oh oh i'm really sorry mr are you okay and you know, the usual and then sam starts to explain about the cat jumping on him and then i saw the goat and then i saw you and then i got to swerve because i overreacted and then steve is like you there i didn't see any goat and he goes and you don't have a cat mm. <laughs> sam like, here as well with regards to the cat, Sam says something here. Again, I may be looking too much into this, Benny. I may be looking at it because it's the first episode of Quantum Leap where we've got almost clues building up to the climax that are really cleverly done, I suppose. And I may be looking far too much into this. But when Sam says there was a cat, a cat, there was a cat, he all of a sudden looks to the side in a way that in the way that Scott Bakula does when he's remembering stuff in other episodes and he says, was that my cat? Now I almost took that as meaning that's not him as Joshua saying my cat. And then Stevie saying, you don't have a cat. I almost took that as being Sam saying that was my cat from back in the back on the farm in the car. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Because effectively now we're, 
coming very quickly towards the end of the episode and the last five yeah. minutes goes bat shit crazy it's almost like um uh, it, i mean effectively at the end we know it could be a dream sequence it could be this it could be various different things it's almost like everything is collapsing inside itself and everything's going reality is a bit splintered perhaps in sam's own mind he's seeing a cat from his childhood there's nothing in the writing notes the production or any interviews that people have done to say that that's the case but I just, I might have misread that, but I kind of, that's why I picked up on it. That's quite, yeah. Cause well, we do have moments where Sam remembers his own, his own past or technically mm. his future at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, actually, yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to watch it back again today. I'm going to have to watch it back after you do this, just to these things that you've picked up on that I haven't. And the, the hair thing, especially I've never picked up on that before. Well, I only saw that today. And again, I think there's a strong chance I'm re- seeing things there that aren't really there. I think I'm overdoing it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, I, it is what I, it is. I, I, yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. Um, no, we're going to get to a couple of reveals very soon, but we're getting certain aspects in this episode. Now that are really sort of slapping you around the face with a lack of subtlety. But if you don't know, you don't know. So I wouldn't have known this when I was watching back as a kid. Yeah. So now as an adult, I do. Sam here yeah. in this scene says about the car being almost like it's being controlled by it's you know controlling itself. It's it's you know it's it's able to steer. It's, you know I couldn't control the car. It was controlling itself. It was like Christine. Yeah. Now Christine is obviously a Stephen King book, and then ultimately a movie from the eighties. The car in Christine is supposed to be this possessed car which drives itself, goes around running people down. The car in Christine in the 80s book and subsequent film is the same 1958 sports car Sam is driving in this story. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Not not as in the same model used, it, as uh, in the same yeah. proper, but it's the same It's the same car design. So that's a nice yeah. little touch, I thought. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. I've not seen them. I've not seen Christine, to be fair. Um, I don't think I've really, really seen many Stephen King films or I've definitely not read any books. So, but obviously I'm aware of okay. who it is and you know, obviously he's a famous horror writer. I've seen a couple is the is the mist a Stephen King film? I think it is. Um is it the fog? There is one called The Mist, so whether it's that's the right okay. one, I don't know. Um but yeah. Um yeah, we're all aware. I think most of us are aware of who Stephen King is and you know, what kind of writer he is. So Yes, indeed. Um Again, we're going to kind of fly through these last couple of minutes, I think, because I'd rather spend time talking to you about our theories and feelings at the end of the episode as opposed to what we actually see. Because a lot happens in the next few minutes that will only take us a short amount of time to explain. Um, Al, sorry, Sam is driving back to the house still. His car is back up and running. And on the way back, I mean, Sam is convinced by this point that the sheriff is... It is the murderer. He's the bad guy. He's adamant. Yeah, he he arrives back home. He uses the phone to ring the sheriff's office, but the sheriff isn't there. They've been missing him for about 30 minutes. He then calls the hospital. Mary is gone, has been checked out by the sheriff. Sam jumps in the car, bombs back to the hospital to see what's going on. On his way there, the sheriff is dead on the side of the road in his, what would it be, like a Jeep or a truck or something, Benny? Yeah, yeah, I think it was a Jeep, I think. But uh, it's obviously branded as a cop, you know, sheriff's vehicle uh, thing. So, yeah, 
Um, so, I mean, I remember watching this the first time when the show, because I, I think by this point, like, as you've already said, I'm pretty convinced it's the sheriff, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, scorn lover, there's always got to be motive, as we do get that, you know, Sam mentions that earlier on in the episode to Al, because he keeps tr- Al keeps trying to point the finger at Mary all the time, and he's like, what, what's the motive? What's the motive? There's always got to be a motive. Um, so my brain was like, well, it's, it's the ex-boyfriend who's not happy with the fact that she's marrying yeah. Joshua. Great when show, you see the sheriff show. dead, when you see the sheriff dead, you're like, as a even as a kid, like, oh, who the hell is it? Like, literally, who the oh. hell is it? Um, uh, the uh, does he, you know he doesn't make it to us? What does he see? I think he heads back, doesn't he? To obviously, he must head back to the house. Yeah, um, and he's met by Stevie on the outside again, isn't he? And yes. Stevie's yeah. there. Stevie says, "I've got an idea for my book at last." But Sam is very um, single-minded at this moment, as he should be, by the way. I mean, it, it, he gives poor little Stevie a bit of a cold shrift. He's a bit rude, but I think he could be excused at this moment because he's wondering what's going on. He goes in the house. Mary is there. He says to Mary about the sheriff being dead. And she's like, no, he's in the kitchen. And out he comes. And at this point, you're thinking, what the hell? This is scary. This This is weird. This is what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. man. Honestly. uh, Yeah. He's like, Spen is dead. Oh, no, he's not. He's in the kitchen my eight ten year old mind went i was like what the fuck i'm more remembering how i felt today back then than i am so i mean i don't get me wrong i've got things i've I've already picked up on a few things that were a bit like what like the only thing i've really picked up on was that sam made it downstairs before mary which could just be a like you said earlier production sort of error um but yeah like i'm remembering how i felt watching this you almost piece it's like when you re-watch an old wrestling clip moment of somebody returning or winning the bout or whatever yeah and it you remember brings how you back those old emotions and yes, yeah there you go 100 percent. so today very much and this is probably apart from maybe leap home in vietnam this is one of those ones for me where i'm very much like remembering myself as that seven eight nine ten year old kid going what the f- is going on <laughs> you yeah. know so, oh, i get you um Effectively, they have a bit of a discussion, and then Sam reaches out and touches the arm of the sheriff, and here's where we get the big reveal, and this is what I'm massively interested in. So what I thought we'd we'd do, Benny, is very quickly run through this moment to the end of the episode, okay, and then discuss our thoughts and theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So Sam touches the arm of the sheriff, we get a big red glow, and it's Al stood there, not the sheriff. Al's eyes are glowing red. Sam has a conversation with what we think is Al talking about how things have been different this leap. He's not walked through anything as a hologram. He's not once used the door to the, uh, the waiting room. To get back yeah. 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 That's, that's it. Image, image and chamber. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, the yeah. hand link. He's never, he's not really used the hand link. Oh, by the way, debut of the gummy bear hand link in this episode. Yes. Yeah. 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 Also, the hand link's not lit up, and it's when he starts, noises. when he hits the buttons, it's like clunk, 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 yep. uh, and making none of the typical noise. That's shit yep. impression, but you know, I'm, it's not sounding like R two D two. Basically, is what I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> basically, he doesn't um, uh, use the hand link to call disappear. Gushy to make him zip off yep. somewhere else. Yeah. 
Um, and then Al arrives again, a different Al, the real Al, so to speak. He arrives, broken. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And goes, whoop, I don't like this, Sam. And it's like, well, yeah, you wouldn't, dude, would you? You know, and effectively, we're led to believe that the real Al and the Quantum Leap Project couldn't track Sam down because weird stuff was going on. And the Al that has been with him... Well, of course, yes. The yeah. Al that has been with him throughout the duration of the episode isn't actually Al. It's something bad. And he is talking about how dare you go through time writing I what I've put it. wrong yeah, and so on. And then they start fighting. I love the line from Al saying, Sam, if you can touch him, you can hurt him. Yes, brilliant. It's... The oh, we're talk. Sorry, we're gone. Keep going, and I'll we'll talk about it after because there's so yeah, much. Okay. I can, it's yeah, it's yeah. that kind of uh, realization then, and they start choking each other, and then the the there's a hint at this individual being the devil, yeah, the red glowing eyes and so on, and then the bad guy Al turns into Tully as they're spinning around choking each other. So Sam is choking Tully. He turns into Dorothy. It then turns into the goat, which I thought was fucking hysterical. That was amazing. (laughs) At the time, I was creeped out by that. Now, watching it today, when it turns to the goat, I I actually audibly went, what the fuck? Yeah, it was so funny. It just made me laugh. The only thing that didn't Um, make an appearance was the cat, I just realized. The cat didn't make an appearance in the spinning circle of death or whatever it was meant to be. (laughs) Spinning circle of death. (laughs) Uh, it turns the, the goat I think then turns into Mary yes all shit's going on the walls are breaking everything's falling apart Um, then Sam wakes up at the bottom of the stairs that he woke up at, at the very beginning of the episode uh, the real Al arrives and says oh we had trouble finding you but on this occasion only for one or two minutes because Sam has just been knocked out he's, he's, yeah. he's there to help someone called Tully Sam realizes what's going on, runs up the stairs, rescues Tully before he falls, and then leaps out. Yeah. Off so that's go. kind of the gist of the episode. We'll come to the reveal with Stevie in a moment, but let's tackle the Al, bad guy Al, devil, evil hologram, whatever it is, aspect first. Benny, how did you, watching it back now, how did you feel about that? And then also, what are your theories behind what exactly was the bad guy out? I, in terms of the theory of the bad guy out, you know, it's uh, it is something negative. Whether you want to call it the devil, that's up to you. Let's just say it's the devil because it's easier. It's something bad. The line of "How dare you go bundling around in time, putting things right that I put wrong," is a fucking great line. Mm-hmm. Because at this point we have we've had no opposing, we've had no we've had no yin and yang basically. So to have this devil esque character be there to one torment Sam through this entire endeavor, it's Mary. It's not Mary. It's always Mary. You know, type in the and even the 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 evil Al we'll call him the devil saying I love watching your face when you wrote the notes that I wrote on the typewriter. So, like, yes. Tully's been dead no more than, what, probably half an hour. Reads on the tightrope. The, the goat yanked at the rag, and then Tully f- fell and landed and never woke up, or whatever it was the line was. Um, what was the other question? Sorry. Because uh, I got... I, before, yeah. um, what, did, what, what did you think 
it was because it's never cleared up what oh, right, the okay. evil um, Al is. Because I can put forward a couple of different theories I've read online, if yeah, that helps. Okay. Well, okay, no. I was Because I was going to do that then and come back to this. But I'll ask, so for me, because we get... Um, Sam tries to fight the devil or whatever, and it spins and spins and spins. No real clear winner uh, as such. But then Sam, we see Sam kind of rolling at the end of the fall, and he's on the floor, a bit, or he's unconscious on the floor. Sorry, with Mary and Stevie above him, and Al, the right Al, the glowing mm-hmm. handling Al, with his amazing shirt on, by the way. Um, <coughs> pardon me. S- Sam obviously explains, "Oh, you were trying to kill me." Obviously, Mary thinks he's talking to her, but I was like, "I was trying to kill you." He goes, "Yeah, there was two of you." And then Steve's like, "That's a great idea." Um, but then Al says a line that I think kind of encapsulates it as. Oh, you must have been dream. We lost you for a few minutes. You must have been dreaming because they couldn't find him. So now there's a line that Tully says earlier in the episode, <clears throat> which we'll go into in a moment. But basically, in the time that Al was unconscious, uh, sorry, Sam was unconscious, I genuinely think he was fighting this devil character, whatever it was meant to be, the opposite of what Sam is doing good. So and the reason I think that is because I think that actually happened, but Sam somehow won or someone helped him win, whether it's okay. the higher power. And the reason I say, yeah, he's only, uh, he's only been knocked out for what, two minutes, they reckon. And so I, I was like, Oh, you've been gone for a few. We lost you for a few minutes there. Now we could take that as Al just saying, we thought we lost you because you're knocked out. But I think he's referring to, we couldn't locate you as in Ziggy couldn't locate him. Yes. Because he was, he was in a blip. So now the reason I mentioned Tully is because Tully mentions a line of what's time when it comes to old scratch. I think he says as in uh-huh. referring to the devil. So time is a man-made structure, I guess <laughs> if you want to go that far, but for the devil to pick Sam out for a moment and battle him, which could feel like 24 hours to Sam may only be literally minutes for everybody else around him. So Sam won, whether he won because he, back or whether something else helped him i have no idea obviously but i think that actually happened i don't think it was a dream i've never thought it was a dream i always thought okay Tully mentions the fact that time was time to the devil yeah was he say yesterday uh tomorrow was yesterday to him type whatever the line is so i that was my theory anyway okay. if that makes sense yeah 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 totally um the general gist of, of people online tends to be a few different mindsets the first one being that it was all just a dream and he woke up and rescued tully but then he wouldn't have the information to hand what happened with tully because he woke up in the it it doesn't quite weigh up the other aspect is that it's the devil um but that then links towards sam being you know forced to leap around by god and that's never confirmed properly either. And even to the point where they're talking about God and the devil, the devil never turns, evil Al, should we say, never turns around and says, I am the devil. It's just heavily, strongly hinted at, and somebody else says it. Another fan theory I've seen that has quite a few people backing it is that this is the beginning of the Evil Leaper project, hence the red glow when... Al is um, uh, revealed behind the body of the uh, sheriff. Because if you think back to the Evil Leaper episodes, which we're going to come to in future podcasts, yes, yeah, the body 
of who the evil leaper actually is isn't revealed to Sam until he touches her. Yep, so there's that similar. adage to that. I don't know. I think personally, I think this was left open ended with regards to what that was intentionally. I don't know of whether course. they were planning on coming back to it or whether it was left to be open just to be a bit spooky and who knows it was all a dream well, or was it kind of aspect, you know? Yeah. Well, we definitely, obviously we're skipping ahead a little bit, but we definitely meet the equivalent of this character, which is the good, look at all the good you've done, Sam. I'll leave it at that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm on about. Um, so whatever this evil entity is, I believe, I'm, again, you can call it the devil, you can call it a demon, you can call it whatever you want. It's something evil that wants to stop Sam from completing these good deeds and saving people's lives. Because this thing, maybe it was intervened from a higher plane, maybe this other person stopped this evil entity from killing Sam, which obviously mm-hmm. we put to the end of his meddling. So in, so the devil or this evil thing is not dead, it's just been subdued by whatever the good is and but so he can't physically go and attack sam again so what does he do let's make an e- let's make the equivalent of what sam's doing and have somebody go around in time and mess up people's lives which then could yeah. you know if, if you want to link them that way it would fit quite nicely i think but yeah like you said i i've always took it as something evil slash the devil whatever you want to call it because again we always have that nod towards something good the other side so it balances yeah. it out so um maybe this thing whatever tried to stop sam in this episode creates the evil leaper in a sense to so he doesn't yeah, do it directly exactly. the devil just kind of drops the bomb in and says here here's the tools you go do it because i can't because i tried and i failed because of the of the good side of it maybe i'm going way deep into this now but yeah, you know what yeah. i mean you know <laughs> um but that's a good theory though i like the theory that it's the start of that, but also I think that, you know, based on other sci-fi series, you have like higher planes that do this, but sometimes the evil one will empower a following to do its bidding. So that's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking with the, with the evil leaper. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. It's quite deep. <laughs> Before we get into our ratings and our uh, views upon where Sam ends up next week on Quantum Leap, we need to have a little chat about the character of Stevie. The reveal is done relatively quickly, and you could almost miss it if it wasn't for Sam and Al having a drawn-out conversation afterwards, which takes away a little bit of the subtlety, I feel. But it's still yeah. quite cool, because uh, effectively, Stevie now is 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 departing for the day. He's going to come back later, whatever. And his mum is there to pick him up. And they're all there going, see you later, Stevie. See you later. And he's had this idea for his first book. And he says about it being the scariest book ever written. But I doubt anyone will buy it. And they say, bye, Stevie. See you later, Mrs. King, to his mum. That was enough. You didn't need to have Alan Sam going, you gave him the idea for Christine. And you didn't need Just a little look. Just a little look. And I I mean, you you also had. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, so, you know, bye, Stevie. Uh, or by Mrs. K- like, or hi Mrs. King, by Stevie. Oh shit! Yeah. Hello, Kujo. His dog in the back seat. Yeah, which is another. I mean, Stephen again, King, yeah. I, I've not seen them, but I'm aware of like Stephen King. So a telekinesis seen, and the and the, the uh, exactly. So that, that's, um, that's a big part of Carrie throwing stuff around. Um, when he turns yeah. around and says, two of you. That's a good idea." 
that yeah. could be linked potentially to the young girls in the shining um, I, I don't know but there's... oh i have seen uh, shining i forgot about the shining yes i've mm. seen that <laughs> yeah so I, I liked it but i felt that the subtlety was kind of took away do you know what you haven't brought up and maybe you're about to i don't know but i was wait, as soon as i heard it on the episode today i was like he's gonna hate that and it's uh sam did his quantum leaping is like a bit like being a scarecrow uh, yeah. <laughs> my I head just... full of stuffing and not knowing what i'm doing or whatever it was so I'm it's, nothing like, it's nothing like being a scarecrow he says <laughs> he says i'm i don't really know why i'm here it's like well scarecrows know why they're there it's in the title it's in the job description to scare fucking crows sam yes, you're talking same. bollocks mate yeah but because of the conversation we had last time you know quantum leaping is like being a photographer quantum leaping is like being I don't know, whatever it was. (laughs) As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, Sai's going to hate that. (laughs) It's just too cheesy for me, mate. But anyway, anyway, Sam leaps here and then he is on a bus or a coach of some description uh, talking to a lady who we assume is his mum, I guess. And he's given a sash which says Miss deep scythe or something along those lines and it becomes apparent that sam is a young lady who is has one and is going on to a a secondary beauty pageant and that's kind of the cliffhanger we get just sam being a lady again um can you remember anything about this episode benny before we uh, give our scores on the boogeyman okay. when i first saw the I mean, I was still smiling from the Stevie King thing and everything. And I thought it's still quite a good episode, you know. Um, been a bit picky with it, but yeah, in terms of the uh, Miss Deep South, which I, is uh, the next one. Um, at first, no, I was a bit confused. I was like, "Are we back with Jesse? What's going on?" Because of the era. Um, then the woman at the I, if I leave the tweens, whatever it was, she said. <laughs> That's yeah. a shit accent. But you know, um, at first, no. And I walked away and I was making a drink and I was like, oh, I think this is the one with the photographer. Yes. Takes advantage. So that's, a, but other than that, I don't really remember anything apart from that's why Sam's there. Yeah. So, no, that, yeah, that's, that's all I can remember as well. That, um, yeah. there's a dodgy dude who is taking dodgy pictures. It's kind of all I can remember. So, but that's, yeah. that's what we can get into. Next, Next time week, yeah. on the way through. Very quickly, then, Benny, your final score out of five and your final thoughts on the boogeyman. Um, my initial score. Now, the only episode that's somewhat close to this, to a degree, is probably Portrait for Troyan, which is okay. similar. You know, in terms of we have you know the maid who is a, like I said we in the episode I said there's no ifs or buts about it. This woman's dead for a hundred years and then she disappears in front of our eyes. There's no qualms about this woman was a ghost of some kind. Um, yes. You scored that. You tried to score it 4.75. <laughs> this is not how Did we I? do it. <laughs> you tried to. <laughs> you can listen back. I listened back to it today, mate, to make sure because I want to know what I scored it. It's, what a prick I am. <laughs> and I said, no, you can either do 4, 4.5 or 5 and you went for 4.5. In okay. the end, I actually scored Portrait for Troyan 3.5, which I don't remember doing. So I, in my head, I scored it at four. But obviously, I think there was something in there that really bugged me this time around. This there has a few moments where it doesn't make sense, um, but maybe it's not Maybe it's not meant to. The, now that we've discussed it, I will say I was probably going to score this a three today. But actually, the conversation, actually, I did really enjoy watching it, to be honest. So I was going to say 3.5, but I'm actually going to give it a four based on our conversation we just had. 
So okay. I think four point. I think four a four. Uh, no, a four. Yeah, I think a four is a solid score for it. To be fair, it's a good episode. I um, you could de- like so we do we did kind of we only scratched the surface. You could deep really dive really into this of the it could it be linked to the evil leaper? Could it be this? Could it be that? Um, there's so much foreshadowing with this episode. The more yeah. and more you go through it, and because I know, as soon as Al started typing on Ziggy, I'm like, it's not even beeping. It's not even lit up. Uh-huh. What's going on? So today, watching it, I'm like, I know, I know how it ends. But um, I just remember that eight, nine, ten year old kid being like creeped out by this at the time, and somebody dying on. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I think the start. I would say probably one, one. So if I would say I would score it a three. But for nostalgia's sake, and how much I still like it, it's a four. So the one okay. point is probably for nostalgia, to be honest with you. So I'm going to give it a Fair four. Uh, for me, I'm going to go <laughs> a touch lower. and Well, I- I've got to give it several different ratings before I give it my proper rating. If yeah. I was watching this for the first time ever, it would be higher. Yeah. But this isn't an episode of Quantum Leap you can show someone as one of the first episodes you ever show someone because there's things they need to know about the show before twigging they on need, they need to know what al is they need to be familiar with what what the show is don't the concept is yeah 100 yeah, percent. Yeah. right um if this was the first time i was watching this show it would be a high score if this was me looking back to the very first time i watched this show it would be quite a high score now i'm older and i'm scoring it on the rewatch i've done today it's slightly lower it's a three out of five for me it yeah. gets plus points because of the clever little plot touches with what Al is doing. Dean Stockwell's brilliant in this episode. Yes. Um, yeah. percent. The, the creepy vibe, everything about it. I like the, the, the Stephen King stuff at the end, even though it was a bit ham fisted. It, yeah, it, it, it was just over explained. It didn't. Yes. Need to be. Yes. Yes. It gets points deducted for me because some of the characters were so unsubtle in what they were <laughs> supposed to be. Like the sheriff, for example. There's no subtlety or cleverness to that character. Uh, Mary herself, she got on my nerves with her stupid fake accent. And <laughs> it, it, that, and the whole thing with Al's eyes glowing red and, oh, am I the devil? I, if, if I watched this in a different mood, a different frame of mind, I'd probably find it sillier than I did today. So there's always that yes, in the back yeah, of my yeah, mind. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it. I will watch it again, but I suppose it's one of those things where you get a plot twist or you get a surprise at the end of a show, almost like a who done it, and you find out who the culprit was. It's never as good the second time you watch it. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Got the you, you know, kind of you know. yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It'd be interesting to see whether it makes it. Even though I've scored it a four at the end of the season when we do like, oh, if we're going to do the, t- we'll do probably do a top five again, like we did for the end yes. of season two. Yes. Um, whether it makes any of our lists, we have a couple of honorable mm-hmm. mentions, obviously, but like. Whether it makes it, I mean, I, I think, I mean, te- if you take the nostalgia away for me, it would be a three from me. Yeah, okay. But because of how it's made me feel in the conversation we've just had, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a four because I really yeah. enjoy talking about it. I've enjoyed watching it, the theories that come enough. out of it. But the one point is for nostalgia for me. So if I didn't, if we take that away, technically my score is a three out of five as well. So, right. but I am, I am giving it a four because I always think of this one fondly. So yeah, no, that's fair enough, I'm, mate. That's fair you know, enough. So there we go. Uh, before we <laughs> depart, then, do you want to quickly run through where people can find your good self online and the things you are involved in? 
we need to do something else quickly because we didn't do it at the top of the show. So we need to do this quickly. Uh, the bonus episode voting. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. I will run through it very quickly. Um, so last time, if you listen to last week's show or whenever you listen to la- our last show, uh, I mentioned about we're going to do a bonus episode for Christmas week. It's not Christmas themed, but we are sticking to the premise of time travel. And I've chosen three films. And we're going, I'm going to run through them quickly because I know we're short on time today. But there will be a poll up on, um, did you say Saturday, Sorry, Which will be... Uh, yeah, yeah, whenever. 25th of November. It will go up and it will be available for uh, two weeks for you to vote. And then Christmas week, it will be probably like the Monday before Christmas, it will come out. And we'll, but it's, again, it's not Christmas themed. It's just time travel themed in keeping with this show. Um, but you get to vote on what we do. So the three films I've chosen, The Time Machine, 2002 and that stars guy pierce and there's a few others in there mark Ad- addy now normally i would go a bit further but mark addy is in um he did like cold feet and um oh what's that uh, full monty he was in that as well he was the bigger fella of the okay. two um and randomly i completely forgot she was in it samantha mumba <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That is, that is um, a random blast uh, from the past, isn't it? And or- Orlando Jones is in it as well. There's, there's other few. There's a few other people in there that I could mention. Uh, Jeremy Irons. I can't believe I forgot him, but yeah, Jeremy Irons is in it as well. And it, it came out in 2002, and it's the most traditional time. It's the most traditional movie out of the three, and it's called The Time Machine. So we'll put that on the poll for you to vote. The other one is The Butterfly Effect, which actually I said to you last week. It stars Ashton Kutcher. Amy Smart and um, uh, Alden Henson, you may know from Netflix's Daredevil. Okay. Um, now, at the time, I kind of gave this movie a wide berth because I had Ashton Kutcher in it because I was like, I just knew him as the guy that did Punked. So I was like, yeah, yeah, right, whatever, yeah. you know. But eventually, somebody mentioned it to me and he said, actually, really good. And I gave it a look. And actually, to be fair, maybe because I had a negative thought about him anyway, it ended up being better than I thought. Now, whether it still is as good as I remember it being, I don't know. That came out in um, 2004. And I've chucked an indie film in here. Um, Donnie Darko, you said you haven't seen this or you've heard of it, but you no. hadn't seen it. Yeah, I've heard um, of it, but I've not seen it yet. Starring uh, Jake Lindenhall, um, Jenna Malone, who I've seen in a few other things. Again, well, I normally would go uh, Maggie Lindenhall as well. So Jake's sister's in it as well. Um, Patrick Swayze is in it as well. I didn't mention that before, did I? Because I didn't okay. look at it. No, um, no. A few others I can't for some reason she's not listed. Or is she and I'm not um she's not on this main list for some stupid reason. But uh, oh no, there she is. Mary McDonald. She doesn't look anything like she used to, but she was in uh, the new Battlestar Galactica. She was also the president's wife in Independence Day. Um so there's a few actors in there. James Duval also was in Independence Day as well. He was the uh, young lad driving the Winnebago with his stepdad who flew flew the crop duster. So those are the three films we'd like you to vote on. Like I said, it will go up on the, what did I say, the 25th of November. If you're listening yep. to this many, many years later, it went up on the 25th of November, 2023. So it's You've probably heard the episode already. <laughs> you would have, yes. Well, that's getting well deep into the time travel thing now, but there we go. So yeah, The Time Machine, 2002, The Butterfly Effect, 2004, and Donnie Darko, 2001 are your choices. Um, have a little think let us know what your thoughts are and vote in the poll on Twitter when it is uh, at the weekend and we will cover that nearing Christmas for your good selves there we go um, but yeah you can follow myself at Benny Mac B-E-Triple-M-Y-M-A-C-K on X and you can also follow my other show at Para Junkie UK 
on X. There's some other stuff going on in the background at the minute. Now, whether this one particular project sees a lot of day, I have no idea yet. Um, so I'm not going to mention what it actually is. Uh, it sh- if when it does, if it does come out, it will be on SGP World Media. If it's not going to come out, I will mention it on this show that it's fallen flat on its face, <laughs> 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 and we'll see what happens. Basically, so yeah. But the paranormal junkie stuff is about once a month. Um, I'm working on one now, so I'm hoping that'll be out before Christmas. So I try and do one of those a month because they're a bit more in depth. So there you go. Yes, there we are. Uh, anything I'm involved in, as always, you can find via the network that carries this show. So that's at SJP World Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, all that great stuff. And we have podcasts. You know, well, here I am talking time travel with Benny. I also talk time travel via Doctor Who with our good friend Dan Griffin on the Doctor Who pod. Plenty of pro wrestling content as well. Music podcasts, all sorts going on. So much on SJP World Media. Make sure you are liked, subscribed, following, and all that good stuff to get the links to all the podcasts the live shows and everything else there's also the volley giving you alternative and fun coverage of premier league games live so if you like your premier league football uh and you you know you don't want to go down the pub because it's too bloody expensive and you don't want to listen to people on the radio blabble on or the telly because they talk nonsense join the volley live with certain games on every weekend where you can get in the chat talk to like-minded people and just have a bit of a laugh whilst watching the game so much going on at sjp world media but most importantly you can find and follow this show on facebook and twitter at waiting room pod underscore that's at waiting room pod underscore benny that was fun. Lots to talk about. And we're going from ghosty yep. ghosties to girly girlies and Simon address. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Time to leap out. Yeah.